Welcome to my favorite podcast with Noah Marger. Enemy of my enemy, that's my friend. But <laughs> when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, baby, that's amore, dude. Welcome. To, welcome back. It sucked. That sucks so bad. Welcome back to my favorite podcast. You know me. I'm Noah Marger. I'm your host today, tomorrow, and the next. Uh, I hope everyone's doing all right. Hope everyone's doing good out there. Uh, we're still in quarantine. The world is fucking crazy, but the one thing you can count on to stay consistent is I'm bringing the fucking pain with this podcast, baby. And speaking of bringing the fucking pain, I got, I got a, I got a great guest today, ladies and gentlemen. I got someone who, off mic and on mic, she brings the pain. She is a producer whose newest film, Greek Gossip, is available via private link. If you give her a little DM, you can see it. She doesn't know, but I actually have seen the movie already, which is something we can talk about off mic, but I have seen the movie. You know her, and if you don't know her, get ready. Uh, I've, well, I should say also, I have worked with this person IRL in real life, uh, and the only words that I can use to describe her are lookout because she is unstoppable. It is my great pleasure to have Sophie Arani on the podcast today. Sophie, what's up? Hi. Uh, nothing much, man. How are you doing? Doing all right. You know, we were talking yeah. a little bit off mic about, you know, there's some crazy ass shit going on right now, but I am. It truly is. So glad to have you today. We had to, you know, you were one of the first people I reached out to uh, when this whole when I was starting about starting this. I gave you a little bit of a call and I was like, "Think about it. You can talk about whatever." And uh, I'm glad we're finally doing this. Um, yeah, Me man, too. this is fun. This is this will be good. We got some some very interesting stuff to talk about today. But uh, before we dive into that, Sophie, I learned you had a dog today. Is that true? Yeah, I do have a dog. Her name's Zoe. She's the best. She just like eats and then sleeps and barks to go outside. She's 18. Damn. Um, I got her as a kindergarten graduation present. Whoa. Yeah, so it's pretty nuts. <laughs> she's she's been in the life for for quite some time now. Does she um Wow, god, a, a kindergarten graduation present. That's amazing. As a like, oh my god. What was that moment yeah. like? Um, my mom had given me like a little stuffed animal and I named it Charlie, like a little like stuffed dog na- named it Charlie. Uh, I had to like prove that I'd be a good dog owner and like, sure. bring that dog with me everywhere, like feed it and like do everything. Um, then my mom gave me Zoe who I wanted to name Muffin, but my mom said no. Whoa. Glad she said no, honestly. <laughs> um, Damn. and, and yeah, like I just graduated college and it's crazy to see, like I graduated kindergarten with her and like to see like now I've graduated college and she's still here it's just super nuts um yeah it's nuts <laughs> <laughs> she's a cutie you know from what I could tell you sent me a little sent me a little sound thing and you're like I hope you can hear the little pitter patter uh of her <laughs> steps and I couldn't and I was pissed and so then we were you know talking about 
dogs and shit. And I sent you a photo of my sister's dog, who's also he's a good looker. Would you say? Very, very cute. Very <laughs> handsome. He's I handsome. He is. Do you know what? I don't think I t- I'm going to tell you this now because I didn't tell you this before. Do you know what his name is at all? What is his name? No, S- I don't. So he is goes. Is his name Handsome? I wish it was Handsome. That'd be so good. Come here, Handsome. <laughs> I would love it's kinda, that. It's kind of good. It's good. What's it's kinda, his name, though? So uh, I like him. He's I, uh, The reason I like him so much is because I don't anything to do with the caring of this dog all i have to do is like pet it and feed it and whatever and it's nice to see him uh but she got the dog the dog was already named copernicus after the astronomer wow but do you know do you what you call it like cappy well i was just gonna say do you know what we call the dog because the dog has like i hate this name personally i hate calling the dog this but you gonna got any more guesses I got Cappy. I got Cap'n. Captain. Captain. I got Cuss. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> Careful. Perny. Perny. You're close with Perny a little bit. Perny. I don't want to. I don't want to put you in the wrong direction. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna just tell okay, you. Okay. Just yeah. Just yeah. go ahead. Tell me. We call him Copper, which I hate. <laughs> I. I <laughs> I hate that we call him Copper. I wish that we just called him and literally anything you would have said just now Perny. is a better name. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that you should take charge and start calling him Perny and then, like, let the family catch on that way. Okay. Um, yeah, just be direct about it. Like, no. Um, <laughs> Copper no more. Copper only no Perny. more. Yeah, we're only doing Perny up in here. We're only Absolutely. doing Perny. What did you You said cuss at one point, too? Cuss, <laughs> like per- Copernicus. So like, there's, I'm just, like, breaking down the name and, like, yeah. seeing what sticks yeah. out of, like, this, like the syllables. <laughs> Oh, I, I like it. I, I I don't think I'm going to go with cuss. I do sometimes want to cuss at the dog, but other than that, oh, no. you know, he's a good dog. He's an okay dog. He's okay. He's, he's fine. I like him. But we're not here to talk <laughs> about dogs, Sophie. We're here to talk about something almost as cool, but not quite as dogs. But uh, I asked you what you wanted to talk about on the show. You could have picked anything in the world. I feel like I'm doing a magic trick right now. You could have picked anything in the entire world, but you picked this. But I said, you can pick whatever you want, and uh, you wanted to talk about photography. And so before we dive in to our main subject today, I want to ask you a little question that I ask. Not, I don't ask every single guest this question, but I want to ask you. It's Noe's question. A little bit of a question. So what was the first photograph that you remember having an impact on you in some way, shape, or form? That first one that stands out to you in your life. Hmm. I almost question. got distracted. There's like a, the pitter patter of my dog is happening right now. Uh-oh. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like, uh, I was talking to my friend Blake one time and she was talking about how many photographs we, or how many images we see a day and like how like, um, like overwhelming that can be for right. people like in trying to remember certain images. I feel like the first image that, like, actually made, like, an impact on me was one that I saw, like, probably in fourth or fifth grade when learning about the Great Depression. Um, oh, for sure. It was, like, an image by Dorothy Lange. Um, yeah. And it was, like, a street photograph. Like, she had, like, a whole, like, street photography series on people during the Great Depression era. And there is a photo. I Everyone knows it, like, once you describe it. But it's, like, of the mom, like, yes. with her baby. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, sort of, like, looking off. I think that was, like, the first photograph that, like, actually made me, like, feel something super, like, 
like deep down. I don't know, it just yeah, deep down, it made me super like emotional looking at it, like seeing like the despair in her eyes, like and like also knowing that she probably has no clue that she's being recorded in that moment. Like she has no idea that she's gonna be like a huge part of history. Right. Um yeah. That's probably the photograph that meant the most to me, like out of like all the ones I had seen up until that point, that was like the first that like meant something in that regards to me. You know well, what I mean? Yeah, it stuck with you, obviously. You know, if you saw it back in like fourth or fifth grade or whatever it was and you're like I mean, that that is a that is a historically like important photo in a lot of ways but i it is true that i think a lot of people when they see that photo it the eyes just pierce right through you you know you can never forget those eyes and she's she's with a child what's the child doing in the photo do you remember i can't remember i think the child's like at her breast i'm almost positive like her breast is a little bit exposed and like i don't know if the baby is um being fed or if it's just like laying on her breast but like the baby's totally unaware of the situation has no idea like the gravity of like the great depression and like how much it means for her mom who's like looking off in despair and like probably wondering where her where her next meal is going to come from and right. like, how she's going to feed herself so that she could feed that child um it just like is such a heart-wrenching photograph and has so much weight um, and totally like encapsulates like the um, the feeling of that era and the hurt that they must have felt from their government and like totally and everything having to do with that. Yeah, it's crazy that you know neither of us were around back then, unless you're not telling me something about you know you being immortal and a time traveler or whatever. But I'm actually 200, man. Like, oh, damn! Old. Yeah, Mrs. 200. Um, but yeah. the, uh, it's crazy how neither of us were around back then, but yet we, we still feel as though that is what that era must've felt like, you know, that is the power of photography is that it is able to capture time. You know, it is able to Absolutely. capture that moment in that life, in her life, in the grand, you know, human existence of that era and you know, it's very simple. It's just a woman and her child. And I think she's sitting on like wooden steps, right? Or something like that. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so simple, but so um, powerful. And that is something that photography is really apt to doing. You know, it's kind of the thing that, you know, separates it from even like movies, you know, movies, you obviously shoot exactly. with a camera, but uh, photography really just allows you to sit in that moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, um, um, the, the photo that I most remember uh, is a little, bit, a little bit different, and I don't know if you'll know it based on the, uh, the title, but it's another one of those that everyone has seen, I think, at one point. Are you familiar with the blue marble? Does that mean anything to you? Yeah, that was the first photograph taken um, from space. Yes. Earth. Yes. I actually was watching a doc about space. I forgot what it was called, but uh, they were talking about that image. And, okay. oh, oh, it was like a docu-series called like History 101 and they were talking about uh, space travel and sure. the history behind like, like the space race and everything, things that I already knew, but like had like little <laughs> things that were like interesting to learn about. But yeah, sure. like the blue marble is like a huge, uh, like a huge feeling of like hope for America and for 
just the world to be able to see how small they are and stuff. It's pretty interesting. Well, that, that's, that's part of the reason why it, it spoke to me so much. And I just remember being like, I couldn't have been older than like six or seven when I saw the photo for the first time. But it was the first time I remember seeing Earth not depicted as a human illustration, but as it actually appears to be from space, you know? And mm-hmm. that is just such a mind-blowing moment, you know, to know that that's where we live. Like, that's our home, you know? And totally. it is so crazy to comprehend. And I don't think anyone can fully comprehend, you know, the entirety of our universe. Like, that's just such an inconceivable thing for one person to, you know, think about. But in when you look at that photo, it's just like, holy crap, that is where we live. That's our home. Uh, and, you know, based on the way things are going right now, maybe not our home for much longer, but uh, oh, yikes. But uh, I hope not. But it's just a beautiful photo. You know, gives you, you're right. It gives yeah. you a lot of hope. It gives you a lot of hope. And also, like, it makes you feel like, like, it gives you hope, but also, like, it makes you feel so small. And, like, I don't know. It's just crazy to see, like, the vastness of, like, the place that we're living. And, like, it, I can't even imagine, like, being the person who took that photograph. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's insane. It is insane. And speaking of insane, Sophie, uh, you brought on, and like I said earlier in the episode, you brought on someone that I had never heard of before. I was very surprised that this is what you chose to bring on. Can you talk to me a little bit about your decision, about how you picked what you were going to pick to bring on this show, and then sort of the, the your, your like origins with this person? Okay, I'm going to bring a little bit origin about myself first. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. So, basically, you and I know are from the generation of, like, Instagram becoming a thing in, like, Hell 2011. Yeah. And, like, this, I was, like, having this conversation with a friend the other day. Like, this app made people think that they could be photographers. Everyone thought that they could be a photographer, even For if, sure. like, they weren't good. Like, I remember... Um, seeing my friends, older brothers and sisters who were like actual photographers and like trying to like make my stupid photo of my stupid like mirror selfie into like something like of like crazy composition and like editing like the photo, putting on all these filters to like make it look like, um, like make the composition look like intense, like the right. photographs that I had seen them do and stuff. And um, <laughs> as I grew up, I I ended up falling in love with, street photography um like ever since I saw like the great depression photo um I started thinking about photography in a different light different light like after like fourth and fifth grade and like actually like when my mom would take me to art museums I'd always want to go to see like the photography um exhibitions and stuff and um And yeah, so like during this episode, I wanted to talk about street photography and like street photographers that I really admire, one uh, specifically. Um, But yeah, it's street photography itself. Like I, I had to, I was like doing some research about it like the other day. And um, I I came to the conclusion that I didn't really know like the actual definition of it. Sure. Um, I only know like the feelings that it evokes and like causes people to uh, experience and I didn't really realize what its definition was so I actually wrote it down Um, the definition of it is um, unmeditated chance encounters and random incidents within public places uh, being recorded so like that's a I mean yeah it's pretty it's pretty intense uh, definition but yeah basically it's like 
the uh, the art form of people watching. Um, there you go. And just like observation and being able to capture those observations. Like um, I myself, I don't know about you. Like I've always loved people watching. Um, I would go to Disneyland like as a kid, like and when I had like a pass still before sure. they were like hella expensive, and yeah. I would just like sit on benches and watch couples like that were fighting, and I'd be like, "Huh, let's try to like figure out a story that like <laughs> is like about what they're fighting about." Totally, yeah. And like, um, I'd see like a person by themselves like staring at the phone, smiling, and I'd be like trying to figure out like what they were smiling about, like try to For try sure. to like make certain stories about like what I was seeing, um, and. With street photography, I was able to, like, take this game that I had played um, by myself and make it into an art form that I really enjoy doing. I'm, I'm not the best at it, but it's what I, what I enjoy the most and what I enjoy seeing the most sure. out of, like, all kinds of photography. Um, and, like, when I started, I found out that, like, framing and timing were everything right. in this art form. Like, I've missed so many moments and because I waited too long or like didn't wait long enough to like take a photo and like I shoot on film. Um, I shoot with a, actually I have it here. I Uh-oh. shoot with a Contax T2. There you go. I'm trying to, I'm trying to upgrade, but, um, okay. I need it. To, it costs money to upgrade. Yeah, but, it does. Um, you got to have the cash if you want to make a splash. Yeah, exactly. I need, a, <laughs> I need a couple hundred. <laughs> and I'd, pro- I'd probably like end up having to sell this to like get a, get a, like a G2 or something. That's but, it. um, but yeah, like, um, I've definitely found myself missing so many moments or just like waiting it out a little too long. And it's, it's an art form where I feel like it's about like the, like the beauty of the chase and like, and like, and the art of like storytelling is such a big part of it because you're like recording human behavior. You're uh, recording people's history happening at that moment that like, like, I don't know. Um, and I don't know. I just feel like great photographs um, are ones which, like, you can see characters in it. And, totally. like, you can try to, like, create, a like, through this world, through this, like, photograph, um, you can create, like, their story. And, uh, like, as a viewer. Like, and it could be interpreted different ways from, like, different viewers, which is, like, such a beautiful thing. Like, that it's not wrong the interpretation that you can take from a photograph totally. because like i mean your view can be entirely different based on your background and based on like what you've learned in your past and stuff and right. what you've seen before um yeah i think it's i think it's such a beautiful thing and i love i love viewing it i love doing it um yeah street photography is the best it's funny you mentioned i want to talk i want to just briefly touch on something you said at the very very beginning before you very beautifully touched on what it is about street photography that you like and what it, why it speaks to you. I really like the idea that Instagram made everybody think that they were a photographer because back in the day, I did, I actually, as you know, rec- only am recently like new to Instagram. And so I uh, was like only new Instagram through like how it was portrayed through other medias uh, back in the day. And I just remember it was like, it didn't matter what the photo was, as long as you slapped like every filter that you could on it, it was immediately considered art. And I think that that's changed now. And I think that Instagram has become a lot 
more of a social media in the truest sense of the word as a place for like to photo dump. And it's just interesting totally. to see how Instagram has changed. When did you hop on Instagram? When, when did you get introduced? I'm actually an OG. I hopped on as soon as it started up. I'm pretty sure it started in 2011. I was around when the, when the Instagram um, logo was like the Polaroid camera. Like oh, it was yeah. like brown and tan colored like Polaroid camera with the rainbow strip. Like I was around for the lo-fi filter. I was around for Helvetica. I was there for, um, for all of those like crazy like disgusting filters that I also slapped on and sometimes saved the image and would put back on Instagram to slap on another yep. filter. Um, all of those have been archived now. I don't, I don't think that I'll, any of them are available on my Instagram. Damn. Um, you got to give the people what they want. So come on. I don't know, man, <laughs> maybe with a little prying, but like, Maybe like a Patreon tier. Maybe like you set up a Patreon and like the <clears throat> the top tier is like they get to see the Sophie OG photos. We'll we'll work on it. But it's interesting that it's very it's you know again like you were saying Instagram became a you know social media and not a place for photography. So how do you run into Mr. Daniel Arnold, our subject of the of the of the episode? I actually feel like I like I I found his photography pretty late in the game. I, I had done research about him, like, after I had, like, seen his photography. Like, uh, uh, he worked on, um, B- he did, like, D- BTS photos for um, for a Good Time, oh, the Safdie Brothers film. So, like, I, I mean, I went to film school, and, like, so everyone was talking about Good Time when it had come out, and, like, so I'd seen it, and then, like, friends had shown me like the bts of it and i'm like these are such insane bts photos and then i just like went to the account that they were like linked to and i saw some incredible imagery um and street photography done by daniel and um so to do my research and saw that he's been doing it for quite a quite a bit of time before like 2020 uh 2017 so yeah that, that's how i found him he, he's like pretty popping on the pop pop uh sorry he's pretty popping on instagram and he has such a great collection of photographs and i can't even imagine like the ones that were not like published that like we haven't seen yet yeah it's not did he did he um did he sort of like was it one of those moments where you found him and then you just scrolled and scrolled and scrolled and you're like i can't believe that i've been missing out on this for my entire life until now. Yeah, I felt I felt pretty uh, angry that like I was like, <laughs> dang, like I wish I had had this kind of inspiration beforehand. Um, but honestly, I felt pretty blessed because I'm like, at least I have it now, and I'm totally. able to like see these photos whenever he puts them out and stuff. Um, he seems to be like a pretty humble dude, like, and it's just he just he's just vibing, taking photographs on the street, like doing what he does, walking miles and miles and miles a day and absolutely killing it. Seeing things that like, I would hope that I would see when I'm on the streets. And like, right. I agree that like New York, I, I think that New York city is probably the easiest place to take street photography just because sure. there's so much going on at all times. And like, I, I went like last summer. Um, and I think I got some pretty good images, probably some of my best street photography work that I've done. I'm not saying I'm like pretty, I'm like really good, but like the, the photography that I was able to get um, in New York was probably 
some of the some of the best that I've gotten just because the subjects sure. are like are so they're so varied and everyone's from, has like such like different life experiences and like you could see it like through through the images themselves and like through how they people compose themselves and like what parts of the cities you're in like and it, everyone's just got their own story it's it's a really it must be such a fun place to like live 100% of the time and be able to capture 100% of the time like these stories um yeah so two so two quotes that I pulled from Mr. Daniel Arnold that I I want your uh I want your your feedback on are all you really have to offer is yourself as a filter on the world your specific accumulation of experiences and biases and phobias and all that shit that's his that's the first quote have you heard that before I have not but that's an amazing quote And then the second quote is about privacy it's a little bit more straightforward but it's a little cryptic at the same time uh and someone i think it was the creators uh did a little bit of like a video with him the youtube channel and he says during the interview portion of the video i don't ask people for permission to take their pictures because it ruins the picture they start lying they start performing so what is it about the camera and like what is it about the camera, but being on the street that you think allows him to capture those images in that way, both in the street photography sense, but just in his own like personal sense. Cause clearly he doesn't mind just, he's fearless. He just goes up to someone, snaps a photo. What do you, what do you think's going on there? That's actually funny. The second quote you had brought up is one that I had written down a while ago and like actually have written down in my notes for, uh, for this discussion today, like yeah. the 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 fact that like the the people that are starting to think and starting like they start thinking and lying and like like if if you're like letting them know that you're taking a photo of them, um, and like he had this other part of the quote that was like he says, I think that the implication is that they don't expect to be watched, which is which in public is an unreasonable expectation. Sure, um, I think that. The way in which he takes photographs, I I watched like uh, interviews of him and he talks about like um, he shoots from the hip, so like a lot of his photographs are like shot from like where his camera is like up. down at his hip and like yeah, it's like it's mostly like looking up at the subjects and like because he's got a G two, he's able to like have like autofocus on and it's able to like for, and like he usually uses he uses like flash a good bit of the time, so it's able to um, get the subject in focus and. Right. I just think that what he said, um, it echoes a lot of what I'd assume other street photographers would say, um, just based on the fact that, like, if you're telling these people that you're going to be taking a photo of them, they're going to be worrying about what they look like, what they're dressed like, and um, what they're doing in the photo, like... I see how insecure I am sometimes, like, when I'm posing for a photo, like, thinking about, sure. like, what what angles this person's, like, using and, like, all this stuff. And, like, it makes the photo in a way, like, it's so, like, uh, disingenuous and, like, kind of, sure. like, takes the, in, like, integrity out of it, like, when, like, you're posing for a photo. So, like, the fact that he's able to catch these people in, like, the most, like, raw states um, is pretty incredible and, like, is what I also, what I just admire so much about like street photography in general, just like being able to capture uh, 
people when they're not looking, when they're just like being a part of life and not really realizing that they're a subject in a photograph. Yeah. It's that sort of like illusion of the, I guess an illusion of like uh, art almost in the sense of like, this is not posed. This is not manicured. This is not really thought beforehand. He isn't like in a very, you know, particular way truly documenting life as it is you know obviously in that quote he sort of talks about how he has his filter of himself and his perspective and it's that interesting point where perspective meets craft meets opportunity that sort of crafts these photos because looking at these photos first of all if you're listening to this podcast with your ears right now and you have not seen any of these photos just throw your phone in the trash (laughs) go look at the photos as soon as you can because you're not gonna get it because these photos are have so much texture to them sophie they have so much life in not only the subject but the world around the subject the one that sticks out to me and not just because i'm a white male but the one where he ticks where he checks out the joker in times square of the guy smoking yes, do you know the one yes. that i'm talking about i, I absolutely yeah. do yes i think he took that on like a disposable camera as well like just like a little kodak it's not like on like these like professional like film cameras that he usually like shoots on um yeah that photo that photo is incredible Um. It is incredible. He is so good at, and this is what I think, uh, at least personally, I enjoyed about going through this guy's um, work, is that he seems interested in really only capturing fringe people and fringe situations. He's interested. He's not interested in capturing the big thing that's happening in the center of the stage. He's interested in capturing the thing that's happening directly off stage that totally. you only be seeing if you look at. And, uh, it's pretty remarkable. Um, can we dive into some of the photos that you had curated for me? Yeah, of course. Um, let's, let's go ahead and dive into that. The, first of all, before we dive into that though, are you at, are you at all familiar with, um, William Eggleston, does that name mean anything to you? Um, I've definitely heard. I've definitely heard that name. Haven't looked into the work um, that heavily. But you definitely yes. got to check out William Eggleston. Will, he is the he is the predecessor of uh, Daniel Arnold in a lot of ways. I feel like without William Eggleston, we don't get Daniel Arnold, and I feel like we don't get some of these crunchier. Uh, street photographers and street, you know, things that we're seeing. Um, he's been dubbed, actually, Daniel Arnold has the William Eggleston of Instagram. So if that's any incentive for you to go check that's, it out. That's definitely why I've heard it. I'm like, I feel like I've read that somewhere. <laughs> but you sent me five photos. I appreciate you keep, keeping, keeping the number nice and tight. I've had some people bring on some insane amount of numbers of things uh, on this show, and it's very short life. So thank you for bringing on just a couple here. But... The first one that you brought is probably my favorite of the ones that you brought, but can you go ahead and describe to the, to the listener and I'll link uh, all these in the show notes so that if you want to follow along uh, with us at home, you can, but can you describe that first photograph that you showed? Are you talking about uh, the Easter bunny? In the subway? Mis- yeah. Mr. Bunny. Yes. Mr. Bunny. Um, yeah. Well, this is actually my favorite photograph of uh, Daniel's as well. Uh, that's why I sent it first. Um, yes. 
So basically what's going on in the photo is, first of all, I don't know how the, how the hell he's able to get like so many things like in focus in this image, but like sure. what we have, what we have is like the subject of this photo is this person in the background. Um, they look like they're outside of the, outside of the subway uh, train and they have, um, they have uh, bunny ears on and the, a painted face, uh, the face is painted like blue and it I, I'd assume from like the frills at the t- at the neck um, that yeah. they're wearing some sort of like costume that goes with like the fact that they're wearing bunny ears this is also sure. posted in like late April so um, right around like Easter I'm sure this was taken um, and there are in the like closer to the viewer there are just people that like actually made it on the subway and it looks as though Mr. Bunny didn't make it on the subway train. And he, he looks, like, very distressed, um, like, passive as well as just, um, just, like, sad that he didn't make it on the train. Like, it looks like he had somewhere to go. Um, and it just makes you wonder, like... Sure. What, like, is this before or after the performance that required uh, them to wear that costume, to wear that... Um, outfit um, and that makeup and that that whole getup and like it makes you wonder if they're late if they're if like it's like uh, Alice in Wonderland like like the rabbit always feeling like they're gonna be late for the event that they're they're needing to go to or sure. if it's like they've already completed um, whatever they needed to do that had to, that had to do with like wearing that and. I just, I just see, like, so much, like, distress and, like, in a way, like, pain that they have to, like, even be, like, doing this. It feels like... It's almost I, humiliating, I, it seems yes, like. Yes, absolutely. Like, it, you, look, you look at the subject and you're like, this is not their first rodeo. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is, totally. not the, the, this is not the first time that they've worn this costume, that they've had to, like, do this in order to, like, either, like, like get by or, like appease somebody or I don't know it just I I don't get the I don't get the feeling that this is the first time that they've that they've uh, done this yeah the 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 implication uh and it all is coming from in my mind uh the expression on Mr. Bunny's face there it's not one of uh I'm happy to be wearing this costume I'm not happy to be in this situation, this is very much a, uh, this is a, this is a moment that, uh, he wishes you would think, uh, would not be happening. He wishes he was anywhere else in the world right now. And he happens to be wearing, uh, some blue makeup and this bun, these bunny ears. It's, it's so layered as well, just purely from like a technical level. He's all the way in the back background of this photo and you have a crowded subway, uh, you know, this is you, the guy that Daniel must have been, you know, either on the other side of the window. It looks like there might be a tiny bit of a reflection, like he's shooting through yeah. the window, um, capturing this guy. Uh, How did you come across this photo? Were you just already in Daniel's world and this just popped up on the feed? I think this is when I was like stalking or no, this is not when I was stalking. This is this came up in in April of last year so this must have I must have come across it like when he had posted it like last year um but now like that I'm like looking at it again I believe that Daniel was on the outside of the train and like Mr. Bunny might actually be on the inside of the train because I'm like looking next like next to him 
there's a man like standing there like but the same the same the same feeling goes with it anyways like the the feeling of distress the feeling that this is not the first time that he has to go through this the feeling that he has to go on this train full of people and probably feel humiliated wearing that um outfit choice um and like just like i don't know like the displeased possible feeling of like the life that they might be living right now um but yeah like they're still they're on their way somewhere and like it's just i don't know it's interesting to see the expression that they have it it does it does change it now a little bit because i think you are right in that he this mr bunny man is actually on the train because every time I'd looked mm. at it before, I thought he was, he had missed the train. I thought he was on the outside totally. uh, of the train. So that's a good call uh, on your end. And not that it is like the central focus of it, but it's an interesting juxtaposition that you have this displeased man with the blue face and the bunny ears and the only text that is coming across in the screen. It says it's just all good, healthy stuff, and you can't really read what it says, but it's just a very interesting little juxtaposition in that moment of, like, man, the subject of this, he's fucking pissed. It's got this, like, very bright and cheery, you know, positive sign. It's just a nice, you know, you can't plan that. That's just captured. He he saw the gap, and he took it. Absolutely. Like, how would that, like... The thing is, if I was taking this photograph, I probably would, like, be waiting too long. Like, the fact that, like, number one, like, Daniel's on the outside of the train. The, these trains pull up, they get people in, and they leave. So, like, the fact that he had to get it in that, like, short frame of time. Also, the subjects in front of uh, Mr. Bunny are, like, moving. Like, yeah. so it's, like, the fact that he was able to get this photograph exactly when he did is, like, such a such a comment on, like, the coincidence of, like, street photography. Like, I have missed so many photographs because, like, sure. the, the, lady, the lady in the, the scarf moved a little bit and, like, covered half the face. You know what I mean? It's like right. I had waited a little bit too long and then missed the moment. So it's, like, amazing. It's an amazing comment on, like, his ability to, like, take the photo when he takes it and know the, like, perfect timing. I'm still trying to get any kind of like sure. like grounding on that it's super difficult but like this photo feels like he's mastered it that's what it, i see it, it it does feel uh almost a little bit too perfect Absolutely. but not perfect to the point where you know that it's staged and i wanted to just quickly shout out you have this end of photography street photography which completely unstaged you would think you know Mm -hmm. and then you have this other photographer i just want to quickly shout out his name's gregory crudson who is a photographer do you familiar with gregory i am familiar with gregory yeah gregory was kind of my guy almost that like when i realized that that was like a thing that i could like look at kind of blew my mind it's like the opposite end of the spectrum of daniel arnold in a lot of ways it's crudson stuff is Oh my gosh, it's like, it's like a still from a movie in a way. It's like totally like manicured. Yeah, totally manicured. The the set design, um, the way that his team is able to like curate all of this stuff for one image is like insane to me. It's literally like I'm sure the light the light positioning the gaffers have to like be involved in like placing the lights where they need to so that like. Kurtzen could be able to like get the image that he needs to is 
it's so uh, constructed and orchestrated to a T to like, I don't know, every single photograph is so perfect and tells like such different stories. It tells oh, different no, stories, and I love both the stories that both Crudson and Daniel Arnold uh, tell, because to me, they're both very American-feeling, you know, yeah. photographers. They both feel like they're telling very American stories, and I personally always am drawn to very American stories, and I don't know about you, but I have a really hard time explaining what that means yeah, to people. Yeah, yeah. But when you see it or experience it, you just know immediately that you're like, oh, this scratches the itch. And Crudson does it in like the most manicured, you know, like you were saying, curated way. And it really does feel like I believe that he even said that his inspirations come from like uh, like Edward Lockman and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like DPs as opposed to other photographers. It's just so fun and crazy. I love the point you brought up about, like, both of these photographers being, like, so, like, inherently, like, American photographers. I I think that the feeling that you might be feeling is, um, like, the dismantlement and, like, false notion of what the American dream might be for some people. That's um, a great point. Because, like, I feel like a lot of the photography that I see both of these, both these photographers take is like not what people think of America when they think of America in like with the hope and the dream of like that America is projecting on foreign countries and it's like this expectation that people might have like when coming to the states versus like the reality that they're met with is what we see in both of these photographers works it's like this is real. This is like the nitty gritty. Like that's what I feel. That's what I feel with when I see Daniel's work. It's like, this is like the realest, like kind of photography, but also with Crudson, even though it's so orchestrated and so like perfect to a T, it still is expressing so much hurt and like flaw in the American system. Yes. And like shows like the people that the American system like might've hurt through. Yes. Um, and, like, might have let down uh, these people that have had, like, such hope for themselves and their their families. And I don't know. Like, I feel like that's what you might feel. That's what you might mean, like, when you're talking about it being, like, inherently, like, American. Like, I... Right. It's not all, like, rose... Like, it's not... I You don't... I, I don't see America through rose-colored glasses when I'm observing things on the street and I don't think that either these photographers do when they're planning or doing their work or figuring out what subjects to focus on. I think you hit the nail. You hit the nail so hard that the nail went through the board and onto my foot. That's how hard you just hit the nail on the head. Sophie, thank you for that. That, uh, I'm going to be thinking about that a little bit after these mics are a little bit cold because we're not speaking into them anymore. (laughs) But, um, the, What's what's so nice about what you said also in as far as Crudson is concerned is that he's talking about the failure of the dream through such a beautiful in an aesthetic term, you know, palette and such an aesthetically pleasing image. You know, a lot of those images are of suburban homes. And I love the ones that actually feature like what you have to think are either moms or wives. Those are the ones yeah. of my favorite because they're just these moments of last desperation for mm-hmm. these people in these moments. And it, not as much 
in some of the ones that uh, we're going to be talking about today with Daniel Arnold. But Daniel Arnold's work, you get that same sense as well with these little moments of whether it be elderly people, you know, eating lunch at a bodega or, you know, even this bunny man, you know, these last moments of desperation, you know, there's a before you can get a good sense of before and you have a very almost scary sense of what could be after. It's storytelling in such a direct way. And I love that. It reminds me. I'm sorry, go for it. Like I I, Kritzen's stuff reminds me a lot of like Edward Hopper's paintings. One hundred percent. And like his commentary on like the American dream for people. Um that's like the last point that I want to say. I was I was just like remembering some of like Kritzen's stuff and I was like, Yeah, it kinda reminds me of Hopper's work. Um, it is. Edward yeah. Hopper is, I think, very much another, you know, voice of the American, you know, I almost want to say underbelly. I'm not a, I'm not really like willing to go as far as that because it's not like seedy in the same mm-hmm. way, but it is very much very American uh, iconography and very much American uh, sentiment toward totally. the willingness to pursue Happiness. Another person that, uh, or you, I don't know if you're familiar with, but if you're not, you got to check out their book called The Americans. Are you familiar with Robert Frank at all? I am familiar with Robert Frank. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I actually was given, believe it or not, as a very late graduation gift myself, a copy of The Americans by people that I have literally never met in my entire life. They are my grandparents' friends from the East Coast, and they sent me a copy of the book. It's in California right now, but it is a prized possession. It is literally, you can flip to any page in that book, and it is chef's kiss. I think that, like, Robert Frank's work, I always think of that one photograph of, um, uh, I don't know when it was, when it was taken, probably, like, I don't know, but like it's of these parents, this father and mother, and the mother is crying in the father's arms, and as she sees like right next to her, her son, who's like in a military uniform, like a, probably about to go off to war, like and all yeah. of his family's like behind him and stuff, and they're all like have like such concerned faces, probably because it's also like another comment on like the American dream and like this the dismantlement of it, like because it's like we see this mother crying in her in her in her husband's arms because she's like these people, this military, this, this society, they, they're not going to care about my baby when he goes out to war and like probably is put on the front lines because of the color of his skin. And it's like, and like all the people behind know that and are like crying into their handkerchiefs and like, but don't want to go and like tell mom that because she's already so aware and it's like it's insane the storytelling going on yeah it's so heavy it's so heavy um it's a great one yeah that's my fat that's my favorite photograph is it like burns in my brain like it's crazy it's yeah. insane it's insane we have to move on totally we can talk yeah, about no, literally no, this for the rest let's and we're go, going baby. to but we we got to move on to the next photo which in my uh list is the two girls uh leaning on each other do you have that one let me pull it up really quick yeah. Yes. So for okay. those of you at home, this is uh, this will be the second linked uh, photo in the descriptions if you want to play along at home. Uh, what's going on in this one, Soph, and what, what was it about this one that really drew you? So what we see, I'm assuming this is by Central Park, just because in the back of the image there's, like, a thing that says, like, bikes here. And it's, like, I mean, people usually, like, tourists rent bikes to go to Central Park and, like, ride through the park 
Um, so I'm assuming it's by there. I don't know if these two girls are tourists um, or if they're like New Yorkers, but there's, um, there is a older sister leaning over her younger sister and sort of like clutching her and they're both wearing matching dresses. And the older sister has a pair of like um, coral colored sunnies and her you said sunnies i've never heard someone describe sun i for a second i was like what is she talking she talking about the bag that the girl has but no you're talking about the sunglasses i love that i've never heard sunnies before that's so <laughs> yeah cute. yeah no um so the um yeah the older sisters wearing sunnies and the younger sisters got like a coral bag around her um around her waist or around her shoulder probably and yeah, yeah. The uh, I don't know if they're in the middle of a quarrel or something, but like the older sister's looking up in disgust. Probably like mom's like calling them out, being like, "Stop messing with your sister or dad." Like right. Um. So that's that's what I see in this image. I just really like the composition. I, like I'm confused how Daniel was able to get so close to this. It doesn't seem sure. like there's like any other. Like it seems like even though it might be next to Central Park, like there's not a lot of people walking over there um and around the the area of these two girls like just being here um and like he was just able to get so close to that like probably being bumped by like other people walking um you gotta imagine that he's got to be like walking by when this is happening too it's not like he yes. pulled up on this situation going okay i can get my shot and line it up perfectly he's probably walking by this you know in an instant absolutely i i agree it's like he maybe like maybe Maybe he had been walking, seeing, like, mom and dad, like, f- like, calling out the kids. And then, like, he, like, heard the quarrel, kept on walking, and then just, like, took a photo of, like, the older sister, um, like, looking at her parents, like, listening to what they were saying or something. Um, yeah. And it's pretty nuts. Not to maybe ruin this photo uh, for you for the rest of your life, but do you know the older the older sister leaning on top whose face you can actually see perfectly actually looks a lot like our friend Ashton Harold uh, oh in my, God, my mind right. a little it bit. It does look like Ash. She does look like Ash. I oh know. And it kind of like when and I, her, like, I realized that. Her red hair too. Like it's all perfect. Oh my gosh. Long it's, lost it's our friend ash shout out to shout out to ashton harold if you're listening to this and if you're not buddy listen to the pod you got no reason not to it's your friends but uh ashton, yeah. star of my thesis film <laughs> the, Free gossip, the star baby. we love it <laughs> but we yeah. love it dm sophie for the dm sophie for the uh for the link to that but um we got you know a very it's a very tender moment potentially mm-hmm. uh between sisters i actually saw it as like I don't know. I don't know. It's, it, it could be, I could be totally wrong on my read, but that, like you said before, I don't think anyone's necessarily like wrong when they're looking at a photo either, you know? Totally. So that's like the other beautiful thing, but I actually saw it as like a very tender moment between mm-hmm. sisters. My story that I created for myself was like, you know, maybe this is a, uh, family in, uh, taking a trip to New York and they're, um, you know, been walking around all day and the little sister's kind of being bratty a little bit like, oh, I don't want to keep going. And maybe this is like a moment of like encouragement from the sister, the older sister being like, hey, like, listen. Yeah, exactly. Like mom and dad are giving you a hard time. But like, come on, you gotta, you gotta keep going. We have so much more to see. So that's the story that at least I told myself. 
I love uh, that. When I was looking at the photo. But I love the fact also you can't write it. They're wearing matching dresses. Like how totally. perfect is that? They have to be tourists at that point, right? Mom and dad don't want to lose them. So they, they, yes. they, like, they put them in matching getups. So, yeah. It's a beautiful little photo. Is there anything else you want to say about it or are we good to move on? I think we're good to move on. Okay. I spent so too much time on Mr. Bunny. No, Mr. Bunny, Mr. Bunny's epic. I love, I love Mr. Bunny. I'm so glad we had, there's a lot of good things to say about that. But the next photo that I have here on the list is the, I'll just call it the dirty dancing photo in the park. Um, yeah. It's the one of uh, our friend who's got uh, a little, is it pink and purple and blue swim trunks? He's got, actually, you know, a little actually, bit of a dog. Actually, actually, actually. Uh-oh. The what? photo, the fo- so this is a photo set. Um, it was, it was. Uh, oh, okay. A photo set from Pride. The the last photo in the uh, set is the one that I wanted to focus on. It's of got the, you. Okay. It's of the couple. Um, it's of the couple yes. like, kissing like by the fountain in uh, okay. Washington Square Park. So um, you pulled a little bit of a Joker's trick on me because did, now this I is did. the first time that I'm seeing this photo. So this is this is all coming to me fresh. So I want to hear. I want to hear your fresh a fresh opinion of this. Like. With new eyes, like, I've looked at this photo a lot, so, like. Well, you know what it reminds me of, actually, is the famous uh, photo from the end of World War II where the Mm. sailor is kissing that woman, and I don't know if you know, but that was not a woman that he knew. That was just some random woman on the street that he knew, that famous photograph that you see in, like, a Red Robin that's always hanging up or whatever it is. Um, So that's what it actually instantly reminded me of. I can't remember if in that photo, um, if the man is, like, if the man and the woman are flipped as far as their screen direction is Mm -hmm. going. I feel like they are. But this almost feels like then the opposite of that in that this is at a pride parade. So they're celebrating, you know, this newfound liberation of that as opposed to world war two, where they, you know, defeated, you know, the, the the bad guys of Nazi Germany. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love this photograph. Um, I think it means more to me and like has meant more to me in the past, like few days just because I had watched for the first time like the Marsha P. Johnson um the life and death like the doc about her and um in a section of the doc there was uh a speech by Sylvia Rivera um who was like Marsha's best friend and like the co-founder of like the gay the the gay rights like liberation like yeah uh yeah of star and like through through uh through block through uh bricks at Stonewall and like and uh during Pride, like Sylvia had done a speech right between that arch that's right there in oh, Washington yes. Square Park. And so like yes. that was like an insane speech talking about herself as a trans woman, like not being accepted by the people, like the gay community that's like all right there and like ever present like in front of her. Like, she's, like, saying, like, I work so hard. I do everything I do. I, like, kill myself over this for all of you. And the fact that you're not, like, accepting me for who I am is so disheartening because, like, we're literally the same sort of thing. Right. And, like, we're trying – we're aren't we, like, in this whole thing together? And, like, it – this this image just, like – it makes me feel like we've learned so much since then and, like – 
we've become so much more understanding and um, our ability to listen to others and hear their, hear their struggles and hear their, uh, hear, hear, hear them out and like hear them talk about like their lives has hopefully improved. And I see in this photo, like pretty much millennials. Um, yep. and millennials are obviously the future. And I feel like when I look at the different generations I feel like our generation and honestly Gen Z like are doing a pretty good job at like accepting others for who they are and like like not making a fuss about things that like don't need to be like made of like don't need to (laughs) be talked about in certain ways or I don't know it's just the this this photo is just so powerful because it's just like you see so much love and happiness and like pride, like this is not like during the during the pride parade. This is like at probably the aftermath of the parade. So like something that's not like police sanctioned and like police run. This is like just queers having fun. In- the it's inter- it's interesting you said that the uh, that our generation does a good job of uh, not making a fuss about things that don't need me to be made a fuss about. And the first thing that came to mind was how. Um, older generations like to uh, call the manager over when the food is incorrect. Karen. And <laughs> they like Karen to and company. Go, they like to go full Karen on people. And I noticed that when you go out to dinner or go to lunch or go to just a restaurant with people of your same quote unquote generation, if that is a problem, it very rarely comes up because we've seen – the, I guess the fallout from from older generations doing that totally. and realizing that like this doesn't fucking matter like if Absolutely. it really matters say something but if it really doesn't just live your life be kind like do that and I do I, that's a very interesting uh, read based on again just this one moment you know it's totally. crazy how much we can see uh, in things that even aren't there and how much we as a viewer bring two pieces of art you know that's sort of the missing element of all art is the audience aspect of it you know that's like the final piece when you're working on either a movie or you know a a book or whatever the final piece is actually getting it in the hands or the eyes or the ears or whatever of the people who are actually going to be listening to it until then it's not done I don't know if you share that sentiment but I that's what I think I totally agree and I just wanted to point out, like, one other thing that I just am noticing now that's, like, kind of, like, um, washed out by the fountain itself. But, like, there's an American flag in the background. And, like, the fact that, like, the American flag's also in the shot and not cut out in any way is, like, it's showing, like, that, like, this is America for, like, all the people that live within it. And it's, like, this is not just America for, like, the white cis man. Like, this is America for, for people of color for queer folk like for every kind of person that like walks through the doors they should feel like welcome and feel free feel the freedom that they are supposedly given like entitled like to, entitled yeah. to like the they're supposedly entitled to these freedoms but um but are in certain ways restricted or um discouraged from like enacting those freedoms but it's it's such a good sentiment to show like 
that this is America for all of these people in this image as well. And it's that thing that you were talking about earlier, you know, that it's that American dream, you know, being shoved in the face uh, of the audience. But at the same time in this one, very subtly hinted at with that American flag in the background. And it's just like anything that is any sort of documentary style. Uh, How you frame it is just as important as what you're showing, you know, and this is a perfect example of that. Is there anything else you want to say about this particular photo or are we good to move on? I think we're good to move on. I've said, I've said my piece. You've said your piece. Amen. Well, what, so this next one, I yield. There you go. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Um, What is the next, because the next one's a photo series as well. So which one were you particularly looking at in this one? Let me find it. The, uh, the first one here, it's, what is, do you know what that first one is? Because that's when you, that's what like shows up when you sent it to me. And it looked like a, like, it looked like skeleton arms is what it looked like. Oh yeah. I'm not, I'm not quite sure what that is, but the one that I'm talking about in particular is of the, um, the two ladies looking at the two boys. Uh, I, I believe they're in central park. They're like sitting like the two ladies on a bench. They've got like bonnets on. And they're oh, like yeah. looking so at the, the sec- two boys. Second to last one. In yeah, the, the second photo to last series. one. Yes. Okay. I'm with you. I'm here. Yes. Yes, chef. Yeah. Um, I. What's going on? So basically, what we've got is we have these two ladies with bonnets. I'm not sure what affi- what affiliate what affiliates them like with those bonnets. Like what kind of like culture that they're from. Sure. Um, but they're wearing like very modest dresses. Um. They look to be like in their 40s. One's like in their like late 30s maybe and like one's like in their like late 40s to early 50s. And they're looking over like kind of judgingly at these two boys um, who are fishing in Central Park. And um, and they're either they're either looking uh, looking at them like with like disgust or like possibly concern it looks like. Like maybe like – sure. Um, yeah, and, like, the boys don't seem to um, notice the stares of the women at all. Um, I just love the composition of this. I don't know. Like, again, every single photo that I see by him, I'm just like, how? how, how? But, like, with this one in particular, I'm just like, how did, how did everything get in focus and, like, sure. remain so vibrant? Like, this, like, the, one of the ladies is wearing, like, this bright, hot pink dress and, like... exactly. It's so like eye catching and like it like goes like against like the greenery, like the like the dark like forest green of the trees and and like even of the lake as well. And it's it's just beautiful. Um, That's what your eye goes to first, without a doubt, is everything in the photo is relatively earth tone in some regard. You know, everything kind of fits within a certain palette. And then you have this woman with a head covering Nike, you know, athletic sneakers and then a yeah. hot pink, you know, I don't want to call it a sundress, but a hot pink dress. And like, damn, does that stand out in this photo? Yeah, uh-huh. it's so it's so stark. Um, yeah, I. I don't even know what to say about this. I just feel like it's so beautiful. I just I just I, I have the photo like pulled up on my computer and I like use my finger to try to like block her out for a second. And it's like it seems like. Like, without her in the image, it's just so... It's still... I'm sure it would still be as beautiful, but it's just, like, 
so interesting to see like her in fo- her in focus and her being like this like one of the two subjects and like how much of a contrast there is like between her and like the the world surrounding her the the it's interesting as well the some of the things that could give you potential context clues for like what might be going on in the scene one of the things that stood out to me first was to the left of the woman in the non pink dress is looks like a dish of ice cream and a drink of some kind is what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And so that could give you a certain context clue as opposed to, you know, maybe these two women were chatting it up, you know, enjoying a day in central park and these kids could be bothering them, you know, in some way that might be why they're looking at them. Uh, uh, I guess disapprovingly, mm-hmm. they could be the, the children's mothers, you know, or guardians of some kind. Uh, and that was like the child's, you know, that's what they were eating and drinking. And then they started fishing. It's just this nice little portrait of like, presumably, you know, per, like at least not, at least if it's not uh, parents and children, it is a generation gap. Oh like, yeah, for sure. Doubt, for sure. You know, And, like, you also don't know if the women are religious in certain ways. So, like, these boys, like, are young. They're probably, like, 10 years old, probably learning, like, curse words for the first time. So, like, they could be, like, they don't catch a fish and they just, like, curse. And, like, that could be, like, totally, like, making, like, hmm. Like, the the ladies are, like, crossing their arms and, like, (laughs) are looking out with, like, such, like, judgment. And it's, like, it could be because these boys have, like, 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 potty mouths and, like, don't know when to use the f word correctly and like <laughs> that's the only or word they, they know, know it makes these... them feel tough like a get, like with their best friend like or their brother exactly. like it makes them feel cool or whatever and like these women are just so like disapproving of it um it was like almost like a, like a like a like a 21st century norman rockwell saturday evening post that's thing. literally it that's like that's <laughs> it sir that is it <laughs> it's so like it's it's you know it's it's generational differences and there are yeah. some themes that literally will never not be relevant and generational gap and generational differences are one of them and even though you have next to no context clues of like the real you know truth of what could have been going on in here you can paint a million and a half different stories about what could be going on. I like the idea that these kids are like learning curse words and they're saying things like <laughs> fucking shit in front of these ladies who seemingly, if they're not religious, they're seemingly very conservative, you know, totally, in their dress. Totally. They're modest, uh, and modest dresses. Very modest. And the woman, not only is the woman wearing, you know, like sneakers, athletic sneakers that are going, you know, along with her, her very matching uh, hot pink dress, but the other woman is wearing, I think, Burks. I think that's what she's wearing yeah, as well, which like seem Burks. almost... They seem that seems a little not conservative, Sophie. What's going on there? Is she making a statement? What's going on? I think she's trying to make a statement in the only way she can. She's like, it's hot outside. The humidity has gotten to me. I need to feel the air between my toes. And she's like That's it. She said whatever the conservative equivalent to fuck you is, like frick you. Like <laughs> frick you. Is, yeah, to Exactly. <laughs> It's interesting, at least uh, from my own background, uh, being a man who is definitely culturally Jewish and both parents are Jewish, and knowing that in New York there are a lot of Hasidic Jews, these could be the wives of Hasidic Jews. That's where my brain went ultimately, immediately. You know, Central Park is obviously in Manhattan. A lot of the Hasids are in uh, Brooklyn, in like the Williamsburg, Bed-Stuy, you know, that like North Brooklyn area. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's just, you know... It's a it's a nice little photo of like 
uh, daily lives for, again, this is fringe imagery. These are people you don't normally see, but almost on the opposite end of the fringe imagery. Unlike, you know, the Joker guy who's smoking a cigarette uh, in the middle of Times Square. These are women who are very conservative, ostensibly religious, you know, being photographed in a very vulnerable situation. That's also something that is very fringe that you don't get to see. Totally. Yeah, I love this photo. Do we have Do we have anything else to say, or are we ready to move on to our last our last guy? I think we're ready. I, I, we pretty okay. much covered this. So the last photo that I have here, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but it's the two girls uh, skipping rope. Oh yeah, this is shirts. it. This is it. Okay. Yeah. So what's going on here? How'd you come across this one? What's 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 the deal? Um, so I'm assuming this is in Williamsburg. Um, we have like, what makes you say that? Cause there's a Hasidic Jew in the background, little boy. He's, Oh, you're right. Those are, those are the, the, yes, you're right. You're right. Yes. Um, so there's like in the, in the foreground, we have like two girls jumping rope, uh, mouths open. Like they're probably counting however many jumps that they have taken and like I don't know what time of day it is, but it's but it's the sun setting a bit, and like you see their shadows um, yeah, in front long. of them, and they're long. And um, then we have in the background we have uh, um, a little boy who's a Hasidic Jew, and he's like riding his bike, also looking towards like the camera. It looks like he's 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 either looking at the girls or he's like looking straight at the person who's like taking the photograph, which is Daniel. Um, and I just love this one mainly for, like, the composition itself. Like, it's, like, subject in front, subject a little bit behind, and subject all the way in the back, and it's, like, everything's in focus. It's so clean. I just, yeah, like... foreground, middle ground, background. Baby. Yeah, we got, it, we got it all covered. It's so... It's just... It's beautiful. Um, and the red background of the... Uh, of whatever that is, maybe a school, maybe, you know, like... A, could be a train station i don't know whatever that is but the red really pops and that yeah. really like highlights the yellow as well totally and the little girls i i failed to mention they're um in matching uh looks like a uniform um yep so that easily like could be a school and like they both have their hair tied back and are wearing like very like modest um uniforms i can't tell if the little boy is it looks like he's wearing a striped shirt but i can't really tell it's interesting that this photo Almost, it's not necessarily from the girl's perspective, but it's definitely not from the little boy's perspective either. Because I almost saw this originally, and you know, being a dude, this you know is what came to came into my head that this little boy is copping a look at totally. these you know little girls. He's into them. He thinks they're cute. You know, that could be uh, a situation that's arising. But once again, you know, it's just a it's just a crazy thing that he's able to capture this you know on the run and also. Photographing children as a older man has to be a little bit risky as well, but he seems to have no fear. Yeah, he's he's very unrelenting. He sees what he wants to take photos of, and he does it. Um, and I don't think he ever does it. He definitely doesn't do it with like any kind of like intent for it to no. be weird. If he's just trying to capture life, um, so like it's just it's just so nuts. Yeah, and like, I had a I had a experience earlier today when I was doing my walk where there was this uh, dad with a stroller, uh, and he was walking, uh, and he had uh, this obviously a young baby in a stroller. I couldn't see if it was a guy or a girl or whatever, but he also had another little kid uh, with him, and that little kid was walking the dog, 
and he was mm. like walking the stroller and the other little kid was walking the dog. And I almost, I literally almost took out my phone to take a photo of the little kid walking the dog because I just thought it was so funny and cute. But mm-hmm. I realized that the dad's right there. And I'm like, that's not a good look for me to be taking a photo of this. What I have to assume was their family, you know, <laughs> and these very little kids. But that's kind of, you know, almost what I see and think of when I think of this is just like, he's really capturing this very innocent photo of this you know of young love and if not young love uh young you know adolescent friendship between these two girls totally and like i feel like like the kind of um personality that i feel from these girls like the story that i'm making up for myself is like the girl in the front she's the it girl she's so pretty like her friend behind her who's like in with the glasses she's she might, like, admire her so much and, like, feel, like, very blessed to be friends with her because, like, she's, like, the popular girl. Sure. Um, I feel like the girl in the mid midground might feel a bit, like, insecure being friends with such, like, a hotshot as her friend. Um, sure. She's obviously vocally, like, saying the number of jumps she's jumped and, like, her friend is, like, has, like, a bit of, like, a closed mouth. Um, right. So she's, like, not as confident when she's saying those numbers. But, like, that's something I feel like a kind of, like, weird, like, tension between, like, these two friends that poss- that could exist. Um, yeah, that's something, that's another thing that I thought about this image. I, I'm not, I don't know their lives, but, like, that's something that I feel like. She's, like, the first, like, the girl in the front, she's, like, speaking with her chest. Like, she's, like, so, right. like, she, her head's up, her chin's up. She's, like... She's the, she's the no essence fear. of confidence. Yes, no fear at all. But, like, the girl behind, like, looks kind of like she's, like, shoulders drooped a bit. Like, her stance is, to like, totally. And it's, like, I feel like it's also a commentary on, like, coming of age and, like, totally being in middle school. Like, it, it, it's the worst. And, like, <laughs> yep. and I don't know. It just depends on, like, like. I don't know if the girl, the popular girl, knows that she's popular yet. You know what I mean? Like, maybe right. the girl in the glasses is, like, worrying about, like, the day that, she, like, her friend realizes that she doesn't need to be friends with her in order to, Damn. like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, like, I don't know. And, like, who knows if the little boy in the back is, like, the girl with the glasses, like, younger brother and has, like, always had a crush on, like, her, her, sure. her sister's best friend, whatever. I don't know. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's it it really is the mark of an amazing photographer and, and amazing photographs when you're able to draw your own conclusions and then when you ask your friend on your podcast what they think <laughs> of the photo, they say something, you know, completely different. So yeah. it's just the mark of, you know, a great artist. Totally. Sophie, that's all the photos that you brought for me. And I want to say thank you so much for bringing uh, Daniel Arnold into my life because he immediately made the list of, of the fucking boys of people that He's I'm going to be going back to. And like, it's just so beautiful. So thank you so much for not only bringing him uh, to the pod and to, I'm going to guess a lot of people's uh, forefronts for the first time, but thank you for being on the pod. It was such a pleasure to talk with you today. Of course, of course. It's it's been an honor being able to talk about one of my favorite artists. Um yeah, his his stuff means the world. So it's it's been it's it's just me being able to geek out about like things that I love. So it's thank you so yeah, much maybe. for giving me the opportunity to geek out 
for a couple hours with you. It's been hey, awesome. Look, I, I listen, the pleasure has been all mine. Is there anything that you want to plug uh, right now? Um, I have one quote, one, one last quote from Daniel that I had written down. Um, yeah. Uh, he said, I feel like an active participant in a community, like a little amoeba in a bigger organism. It's all an unbelievable sci-fi brain explosion, and I just try not to miss it, so I pay attention. That's him, like, talking about street photography in general. Like, him, it's like, it, it brings me back to, like, your love for uh, the the blue marble. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. uh, the big blue marble. So it's like, being such a small, like, amoeba and, like, a huge organism, like, and you just trying to pay attention to, like, the stories that matter, the stories that you see that are, like, needing to be told, like, it needed to be, like, photographed. Um, and, like, yeah, you just try to pay attention and try to not miss anything. And that's that's how I so, tried to, like, train myself to be. So, sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it. it's the Ferris Bueller uh, motto, you know, life moves pretty fast, and if you don't stop to look around in a while, you might miss a photo op, right? That's tea. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anything that you want to plug before we say goodbye to the folks or hmm. you don't have to, it's up to you. Uh, like Noah said earlier, I'm a, pro- I'm a f- producer. I just graduated from Chapman university in orange. Um, I've got a movie out a few movies that I've been able to produce. And if you want to watch them, let me know and I could hook it up. <laughs> yeah. Sophie, the, and Sophie, if the you need a, plug. if you need a producer, if you need a producer yeah. and you're based in LA or anywhere that I could like fly to, uh, <laughs> just let me know. I'm here. Also, yeah, <laughs> check out my Instagram if you want to look at my photography. I don't have like a lot on there, but I do have. Yeah, whenever I go to a place, I post stuff. So yeah. it's Sophizus. Yeah. What's the what's the handle? Sophizus. S o f i e z u s. It's a play off of Jesus. I made it when I go. was. I made the handle when I was a freshman in high school because I thought it was funny. And it sort of yeah. just stuck, and it became like a nickname through like high school and college. So like, Sophizus is the is the handle. That's it. Yeah, that's what you got to know. Just that's know Sophizus, and that's it. That's me, uh, Sophie. Thank you very much for being here, Sophie Arani, ladies and gentlemen. Daniel Arnold, you got to check him out. I'll post those links in the show description. Make sure you're following along at home. I'll post his uh, I'll post his page as well. We made it through another show. Can you believe it? So we were, we made it to the end. I'm surprised I made it to the end. I was so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> you did great. And everyone and everyone enjoyed it. And we're, we're living in the future now. Everyone's already told me. Yes, oh, my God. The best oh, episode love it. yet. Oh, my goodness. So glad to hear. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening to the show. You can follow the show on Instagram at my favorite underscore podcast. Uh, and you can follow the show on Twitter at my favorite under, or excuse me, at my favorite pod. That's it. Thank you for joining us. Uh, bye. See you next week.